The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. friends welcome back to another episode of this very podcast the most important podcast in the universe that is the rotor world football podcast yes you're hearing my voice for a second time on this friday slash saturday i hope you appreciate it you know we're just doing this because you support us and so we're doing our best to support you as well in your itch in the sickness that you have for football as you know i just finished a podcast with evan with Ray, with Pat, breaking down the individual matchups, the team's matchups for this weekend's wild card round. But I also wanted to look at a, a macro level, the, the big picture level of this playoffs and possible Super Bowl runs that these teams will go on as well. And none other than Hayden Winks has written a post, an article on that up on Ritterward, which you can check out. You've got a little bit of time before kickoff goes. So if you want to hit any of these uh, Super Bowl odds and and bets in terms of teams that you think can win it. And Hayden looked at it from a, a bit of a different picture. And so that's why I wanted to bring him on. Hayden, as is the case in many times during this business, this is the first time you and I have ever spoken. So <laughs> it's it's always great to peel back the curtain a little bit and allow everyone out there to listen to the first interactions between two people. Yeah, this is like basically like a psychology experiment at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I will not trap you in a jail uh, like they did in Stanford, I believe. Yep. I think I learned that in psychology in seventh grade. Yes, the prison test. Um, Hayden, the, the other question I have is whenever I read your name or see your name, I always think of Harry Winks, Interesting. Of the soccer player on Tottenham Football Club. Okay. Am I the first person that's ever said that to you? Actually, yes. And I like don't follow soccer at all. Um, so I wouldn't okay. even know that name. I was actually named after okay. Pat Hayden, uh, big USC family. So are you out in California? I am. Yeah. I'm a USC graduate. I'm living in Irvine right now, wow. uh, born and raised in Southern California. Well, okay. Then quickly, what's, what's your theory, not theory, but feeling on all this Cliff Kingsbury stuff. I'm a fan. I, it's kind of like a weird situation. You want him at USC. It's for what sure. You want. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I'm, <laughs> it's like kind of a weird thing where if he does well, he's going to leave. If we do bad, right. then we might promote him to head coach. Kind of, kind of a weird right. situation. Um, so basically you just picked your Super Bowl champion on whichever team has the most USC products on them. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, it's worked every year, but really what Hayden does. And again, you can go check out this article is he looked at the odds and I'll read them quickly. Um, you have the saints at plus 200 chiefs and Rams at plus 450, the Patriots at plus 600, the bears at plus 1000 Ravens, 1600 chargers, 1800 Cowboys and Seahawks at 2,500, 
Texans and Colts at plus 3,000, and the Eagles at the end are plus 4,000. And according to those odds, there are implied chances of winning the Super Bowl. And then what Hayden did was compare those implied odds to DVOA, Sportsline, and 538. Hayden, as long as I didn't embarrass myself on that, (laughs) one, correct me if I did, and two, expand on that process at all if you want to. Yeah, so it kind of sounds a little more complicated than what it really is. If you go to aceodds.com, they have an implied probability converter. So you just type in like uh, Chiefs plus 450, then it's going to come out and give you 18% uh, chance of winning. So that's what that conversion goes to. And then the DVOA, the sports line, the 538, those are just different models. So what happens with those is um, these companies have different variables they put in to a computer those computers run a simulation so oftentimes it's like 10,000 simulations where they like replicate the playoffs mm-hmm. and then the percentage chance of or the times that they came out victorious that's the number you're going to be seeing when you look at the DVOA the sports line the 538 columns so the next step it's pretty easy conversion there so then I looked at the implied odds from what Vegas is giving you and then um, what these models kind of spit out and then went from there. And that's where I landed on the Chiefs. Interesting, because now I'm looking at this and I'm not trying to make an audiobook out of your article. Again, go check it out up on Road World. But whereas the implied total has the Saints way ahead of everyone else, the DVOA, Sportsline, and 538 all have the Chiefs and Saints neck and neck. So again, if, if I'm screwing this up at all, from a value perspective, it seems like of the top tier teams that have a buy this weekend, meaning that they're automatically in the second round, the Chiefs have the best value of that at 450. Correct. Yeah. So the Saints are right now, they're at 33% chance, um, according to the betting markets. And all three of the different models I'm looking at are way, way beneath that. So I, elim- I eliminated the Saints basically immediately. Um, even though I think they probably have the best chance of winning, like everyone kind of agrees, mm-hmm. but I, that still doesn't mean they're a good value. So the Chiefs, on the other hand, they are at 18% according to Vegas, and then the DVO, DVOA model has them at 25%, the Sportsline model is at 23%, and the 538 model has them at 20%. So they're the only team that um, all three of the models have it, uh, a better chance of winning than the implied odds. And again, you weren't looking at the matchups here necessarily, right? You're just looking at what the models spit out and comparing that across other models. So let me ask you this. From a matchup standpoint or from a narrative standpoint, we always hear that defense wins championships, right? We hear it from you know the talking heads to the radio to wherever else. The Chiefs, my friend, are not in that category necessarily. So I know they have home field advantage throughout and they've made plays when it counts, but does that concern you at all that your pick here in this article is the Chiefs? Well, I think that's kind of why we're getting a discount here. I think that's why probably the models have the Chiefs at a little bit higher percent chance than what the betting markets are. So a lot of a lot of these bets are going to be fueled by narratives. And um, from the research that I've looked at, uh, 462 playoff games, this data is a little bit dated. Um, the better defense won 58% of the matchups and the better offense won 62% of the matchups. So there's a slight advantage to the offense, but I think really it's um, just like the better team overall. I don't think one matters necessarily more than the other. I think it's going to be coming out uh, pretty evenly. And then I looked at this, just the Super Bowl these last 10 years 
And the yeah. Super Bowl winner has scored 31.4 points. So that's not really a, a defensive win right there. So there's a couple other theories I have. One, I think that there's more Super Bowls going to be being played in domes. Just like So I think maybe previously when games were in uh, February in the cold weather without a dome, then maybe the defenses matter more. But so I think that's when uh, fast teams are going to come out ahead. I've mentioned that narrative of defense. I don't believe in it at all, especially now what we've seen in 2018 that to me, and there are some top quality defenses uh, in in this playoff field, right? I mean, we've seen the Cowboys be very good. We've seen obviously the Ravens be very good, so on and so forth. But what you mentioned is to me what's important here in that what we see in football now is in the second half when the other team is trying to keep up with your high-powered offense, which obviously the Chiefs have, it comes down to making one or two big plays in the second half defensively, either turnovers, stopping a team on fourth down, sacks even, sack fumbles. I mean, a microcosm of that is the uh, Chiefs and Rams game that we saw earlier in the year. And the reason the Rams won was because late in the game, they were able to create big plays defensively. And also, I mean, you mentioned it last year in terms of, or you mentioned it about last year's Super Bowl game, the Eagles went into that game as one of the best defenses in the NFL, and it wasn't about stopping the other team in the first half, in the first quarter, in the second quarter. It was about in the fourth quarter, who can get that one final stop, and that's what the Eagles were were able to do. So as long as the Chiefs can do that with Chris Jones up front or whoever else they have on that defense, that's kind of what it comes down to, and it's much more difficult to predict in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think another bouncing off that the Chiefs might be getting Eric Berry back, uh, Sammy Watkins back. They're they're going to be loading up um, when these other teams have to be playing games. So I think that's kind of another. Do you think that we've covered the Chiefs here enough? Can we move on to maybe some of the teams that are playing this weekend? Because I know you have a few favorites of those as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, a couple teams that are probably the most um, interesting to me: the Ravens. Uh, the Seahawks, and then the Colts. In your previous podcast, there was kind of a little debate on the Colts. And I think it's kind of um, a team, like a a light version of last year's Saints, where you have a great draft class, rookie draft class, a great quarterback, and then uh, well-coached. So it's kind of, they're definitely not as good as last year's Saints team. But I think that they can make some noise, especially this week. They're only a plus one right now against the Texans. My only issue with them is if they do win, they have to go on the road to the Chiefs since they're they're the sixth seed. So that's my biggest pause with the Colts. That's an interesting comparison that I haven't heard yet. It, I mean, when you think about it, it really is much like, I would say obviously the Saints don't, or the, the Colts this year don't have as many offensive weapons as the Saints did last year. But your point on these are young rookies that are making an impact either offensively or defensively is one I hadn't, you know, cross-referenced necessarily. And it does make a lot of sense between that Saints team and this Colts yeah. team. Yeah. And um, looking at weighted DVOA, which uh, puts more of a weight on recent games, the Colts are actually fourth in the league right now. So I think that's kind of going off of rookies improving throughout the season. Um, definitely there's some health factors as well, but yeah, I think it's an up-and-coming team, GM, with the coach and all these uh, young players. So I think it's a decent time uh, to invest in them. 
And we always talk about it with this group of 12 teams that it seems like anyone does have an opportunity to do it. You mentioned the Colts here. And in your article, you also mentioned the Seahawks. Yeah. So the Seahawks, just they're different, like way different, just like the Ravens are. And I think that there's kind of uh, some value in chaos. And they're <laughs> I, love I love it. I'm yeah. team chaos, so it works out. For sure. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are scared of chaos. So I think that you get some value by attacking it when other people are like more uh they're scared of it uh jonathan bales goes over this a lot they they're playing against the cowboys uh a team that's pretty similar i don't love the seahawks but they're just a team that i can see make some noise at least keep a game close but just going back if they do win they're gonna have to go on the road to the saints um that's assuming the bears are gonna win so i don't love that as well they're interesting, at least. Anything on the Ravens? I know a lot of people are picking the Ravens to, one, be that author of chaos, possibly in the playoffs, just because their style is such a departure from the Chiefs and the Rams and so many other teams. Yeah, so the first thing I jumped out uh, for this wild card week is um, the Ravens have only received 28% of the bets against the Chargers this week. But the line hasn't moved at all. So that's telling me that... So the money's on them. Yeah. So I, I think more money is coming in and not the percentage of bets, but more money. And that's what's keeping the line stand still. And that's kind of something I want to be attacking is it's basically like reverse line movement here. So that's something I'm interested in. They also have some equity of, of uh, avoiding the Chiefs if... The Colts could win, then they would go play the Patriots instead of the um, Chiefs. And of course, we want to be avoiding the Chiefs for as long as possible. So, so one final thing, and I'm putting you on the spot here, Hayden. Yep. Is there a worst bet out there, in your opinion? One that you don't want to touch, one team you don't want to touch based on their odds? Definitely the Saints, and they're my uh, prediction to winning it, but the odds are terrible you're only getting plus 200 and they have to win three games something i'm going to be writing about next week is uh parlaying a team week to week instead of uh betting the future you can get more odds or a, a higher return on your bet if you for example bet the colts this week that took that money to bet the next week and the next week and the, the next week you'll have a, actually a higher return oh okay yeah, interesting so i'll have a column on that uh next week at roto world but yeah, if, if you look at the Saints, just they would be a slight favorite in against the Rams or Bears. They would be a slight favorite over the Chiefs. They would be a bigger favorite against the Cowboys or Seahawks. But if you multiply all three of those together, it's going to be way higher than the plus 200 you're getting out right now. Interesting. So rather than just save your money with against the plus 200, and if you certainly believe in the Saints, just bet them weekly. Yep, parlay it. Just take the money that you win from week one and bet it for the next week. Um, Hayden, how awful is it, since you are in Pacific time, to look at all game times in Eastern and just subtract three hours from it? Well, so on the college football <laughs> side, get this, because uh, I do uh, work for the college side for Red World, and Thor yeah. and Mark and them – they use central time and yes, they do. That couldn't be more annoying. <laughs> so uh, shout out those guys <laughs> love them, but the central time really needs to go. I think, I think I'm the only one of all of us that is in the Eastern time zone right now. So everyone else I believe is in central or mountain. Yeah, I think time. That's correct. And you're obviously in the Pacific time. So um, I'm, I'm the own 
the lone person left out here. Uh, Hayden, thanks so much, man. Again, everyone can check out Hayden on Twitter. It's, it's just Hayden Winks, Hayden W. Winks. Am I missing that completely? Uh, Hayden Winks, yeah. Just Hayden Winks. W-I-N-K-S. There we go. Not Harry Winks. No, not quite. <laughs> no, just pick up a soccer ball one day. Who knows? It might, it might be in your jeans. Uh, okay. And again, everyone out there, check out our matchups podcast. I just posted with the three other folks on the NFL section. Um, it should be in your feed right now. Leave a rating review. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe as well. And Hayden, thanks so much. We'll talk to you along the way. Everyone out there, we'll talk to you all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.